Hello. Hello. Hello, everyone. We have returned We're after back. a long hiatus. I think it's going to be three weeks. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Three weeks. <laughs> yeah, that's um, that's our bad. We just had a lot of personal things come up. Sorry about that, guys. Life just happened to us all at once. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that we're going to... I guess we're now due every other week, and we'll see how it goes. We're very busy. <laughs> we have, like, a lot going on. and I'm If we ever get more bored and we have more hobby time, we'll pick it back up to where we were, like, once a week. Right. Or, like, if, you know, we get a lot more listeners and things like that, we may do um, every week. And it wasn't bad. It was just that, like, if something did come up, then it's like we're already behind. Yeah. So we can have more time to, like, take care of those things if we need to. So that's how it's going to be. So every other week from here on out. Yeah. Unless something changes, but it'll be better. That way we can have more time to do research and yeah. like more time to edit. We won't be so rushed. And then that way we can dedicate to like larger topics because we'll have more yeah, time. Better topics. Better <laughs> and like more detailed topics. Not to say because everything we haven't already covered though is really good so far. Yeah. I feel like anyway. Well, yeah. I no. had fun investigating everything i've investigated yes yeah it's really fun but this will give us because we were like because we alternate editing you know and so it's like if if it was editing week for one person it's like we record and upload on friday and then we have the weekend and then we need to edit like monday or tuesday and then then we're freaking doing our research the night before we're gonna (laughs) record the next podcast (laughs) Sorry, I couldn't get over the fact that you said Munder. <laughs> Wait, did I say Munder? <laughs> you said Munder Tuesday. <laughs> Munder Tuesday. Like that? But it came out Munder. Like Munder Tuesday. <laughs> and that was just stuck. <laughs> I was really and trying hard not to laugh about it, but then you looked at me and I was like, oh God. <laughs> I know, I was like, why are you making... Well, and I say choose. I say freaking Tuesday. Tuesday. And I try... I've been trying not to say Tuesday. It's Tuesday. Yes. Yeah. But anyways, um... Hello, I am Nikki. I am Christina, and this week we are talking about Dybbuk boxes, or yes. just the singular Dybbuk box, as we will find out later. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna, well, I'm gonna get more into, like, the history of Dybbuks. Um, it comes from Judaism. If anyone didn't know, there's actually a whole background and history and, you know, folklore and belief um, about Dybbuks themselves. Um outside of just the debate box that you may or may not heard of with like in the haunted museum and stuff in vegas so um yeah. yeah i mean i guess we'll just get into it i don't think this one will be a very long one no yeah but i mean maybe because we already <laughs> been rambling <laughs> well we had to explain ourselves a little bit yeah because we just dropped off the face of the planet for a while we did yeah it's been too which weeks, like all of our friends and family know why but like yeah any of complete you strangers there. maybe that have listened right for more than one episode and we're like hmm. <laughs> sorry guys we're back though but um, anyways okay go ahead get into dibics so dibics um i'll just give you a brief definition um it comes from jewish folklore it's a popular belief that an evil spirit which enters into a living person cleaves to his soul um causes mental illness talks through their mouth and represents a separate and alien personality that's called a dybbuk so, so it's kind of like a it's possession. a possession yeah yeah um but just with jewish folklore um and it's the hebrew 
And it's like a human soul and not a demon. Yes. Yeah. It's And it's usually, and I'll get into it, but it's usually more like personal than like what we would consider like our Christian exorcist or possessions. Yeah. It's a lot more personal sometimes. Um, or a lot of the cases that I've read. <laughs> Stories about the Dibicum are common in the time of the Second Temple, which is like 597 BC to 70 AD and also the Talmudic periods. Um, but they weren't as prominent kind of or popular in medieval literature but just during those times um as well as like the i think 16th through 18th century um at so first, long as time ago yeah yeah so like 1500s and <laughs> yeah. things like that and then there there was like basically our equivalent to witch trials and things like that same thing yeah except for i think kind of like more brutal I'm not really sure because I haven't gone into research on, like, the time of the witches and how many people actually died mm-hmm. and all of that. But I'll get into it. It's pretty, it was pretty intense. But so at first, the Dybbuk was considered to be an evil, like, demon or devil that entered into the body of a sick person. But then kind of later on in history, another explanation was added to that. It was that the Dybbukum are spirits of dead people that weren't laid to rest um, and thus became demons. Mm. so with ours a lot of the belief is like they were never human yeah it came from like hell right like a demon right but then this is kind of a mix but i think the more popular one is that it was a human yeah Mm -hmm, initially well i think there's sort of a belief that demons are humans too yeah no i think yeah no it is it is that but then i think maybe there's also like the demons that were never I don't know, or at least like on the ghost shows with the mediums or whatever that I hear. It's like their soul energy. They were never human. Yeah. Okay. You know, what's that one show? Um, Dead Files. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. You know, and she kind of says that sometimes, like, this soul was never human. Yeah. You know. Which is why I was saying, like, sort of, like, some believe that the demons mm-hmm. directly mm-hmm. came from human souls. And, but yeah. then others believe, like, it was never a human. Yeah, and I think there's a mix. And I think that this is the same way. Mm -hmm. Um, Basically, they were souls that due to their sins, they weren't allowed to move on um, as denuded spirits. I hope I'm saying that right. Denuded. Which Um, is like basically going to like their version of an afterlife. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, And so they kind of seek refuge in the body of living people because they're just wandering around um and they want to like live life again that's an interesting concept mm-hmm. right it so also they... like i don't know nah never mind <laughs> i was gonna say it like plays in a reincarnation a little bit but then again not really i mean in a way because think like, about a if a wandering like non you know tied down spirit mm-hmm. like one that didn't cross over mm-hmm. like went into a baby Oh, that can be, like, pretty spooky. Like, that's, like, how I was thinking it could feed into reincarnation. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that'd be crazy, though. I mean, some people, like, remember their past life of, like, being an Egyptian. Yeah, I know. Like, these little kids are like, (laughs) oh, yeah, I know Mm -hmm. this person and this person and this person. And the parent goes and facts check it. Mm -hmm. Sometimes these kids are full of shit, but sometimes they're, like, there is concrete proof to Mm -hmm. everything they're saying. We'll need to talk about, like, reincarnation cases. There's this one really Oh, yeah. We'll have an episode on that. (laughs) Yeah. With, like, different situations and, you know, everything. But anyway, so... um, but then on the same hand of that of them like seeking refuge into the bodies of the living people um 
they some also believe that the person that's being taken over by the Dybbuk also must have sinned. Um, and that's why it allowed the Dybbuk to, mm, okay. like, enter Yeah, very body. similar to Christian possessions. Yeah, yeah it's just super similar. Um, so in order to get rid of a Dybbuk, also very similar to, like, possessions, um, a person must go through exorcisms um, by the rabbi. So... Oh, okay. Yeah, so there's So been, this is basically just, like... The Jewish version. Of demons, kind of. Yeah, and, and possession. Yeah. But I think, I mean, is it technically... Is the... Con- I mean, obviously, the concept of possession and demons is not just a Christian thing. No, 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 no. It's everywhere. It's just going... Yeah. I'm just going by what I know and what's, mm-hmm. like, fed to us through Western... Mm-hmm. Popular Western media. Exactly, yeah. Um, and so there have been a lot of manuscripts that have detailed, like, instructions and protocol for Dybbuk exorcisms... I'm just going to go over one account by Isaac Luria. Um, he's a rabbi from the 1500s. Um, so the ceremony was conducted in the synagogue. Um, so that's kind of different. Our exorcisms don't necessarily have to be like in yeah, a place in of a worship. Place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, in the presence of 10 men, which is also different, who have prepared themselves through fasting and ritual immersion. So like prayers and everything else um, to, you know, get ready for it. They're all dressed in white shrouds. They have prayer shawls and their heads and arms are bound with the sacred parchments worn in daily prayer. Um, the exorcist then addresses the Dybbuk directly, calls out its sins that it's committed and basically threatens it. Um, and once the Dybbuk is basically fully aware of like all the trouble it's in, you know, like get out. Um, yeah. Then the Ark of the Synagogue that held the scrolls of the Torah are opened. Um what then, the hell does that mean? Um, <laughs> what the hell is an ark of a synagogue? Wait, what? <laughs> no, is <laughs> it the ark? No, of like the where? I think, and I don't. You guys, if you're Jewish out there, please educate us because I'm trying to like learn more about um, like other religions and and cultures and things. I also work with Jewish people, so I'm trying to kind of educate. But the area that we're in in the U.S. It, like we don't get any kind there of are, Jewish education. No, we do not have like hardly in our jewish population is a lot very of small. our views are predominantly from the christian yes it's all so, christian based right so i'm trying to learn so if you guys are out there please correct me if i'm wrong but um well the synagogue is like where they do their prayer daily. yeah yeah and so it's the um it's like the ark of the synagogue is like where they keep their scrolls it's open and oh, it has, a, okay, to- it has okay. a torah in it which is like their bible okay yeah 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 so then it's opened and then there's a series of events including like the scrolls that they took out ram horn blasts so they blow through ram horn candles um they proclaim the curse like the um curses and the sins of the dybbuk uh they do incantations and then different combinations of the 42 letter name of god um which i am assuming is a jewish thing um yeah i've never heard a 42 letter name but um so and mind you this is pretty traditional because this was 1500s yeah whenever this account that i'm taking so i don't know how much that you know would have changed um how much of it stuck right to like today's right and i don't even know if like today they do this anymore yeah um but so this is really traditional so that's something also to keep in mind there may have been a lot of things that that don't happen or haven't happened in like hundreds of years um, yeah. So it's very important that the rabbi remain strong hearted and display no fear during all of this, um, all 10 of them. 
um, the spirit also this is crazy <laughs> so the spirit um, may only leave the body between the big toe and its nail <laughs> and he's he, like I'm just gonna squeeze on out here <laughs> that's so disgusting i know and i'm not sure why it just says like any other exit route may cause permanent damage to like the possessed person bruh is that not causing damage i mean that would hurt but i mean i guess your nail would grow back like does the nail just pop off like a little lid or something (laughs) i don't know what i don't know what happens but it I just I read that in a couple of places because the first time I read this I was like what this must be a 1500 ship I read it a couple of times that's really funny that they must exit <laughs> through the big toe and it's nail <laughs> it's just like one of those that's like what the fuck like when I get an ingrown toenail that shit hurts like I can't imagine oh yeah a whole ass divot coming out of my toenail <laughs> you know a whole ass soul coming out of my toenail like <laughs> I know so anyway that's an interesting little thing to note um most that's importantly yeah for sure yeah <laughs> something else <laughs> yeah and then after they um exit by the toenail uh, the spirit has to be warned against entering anybody else obviously they're like don't come back like you know like if you did so much sin or whatever then wander around and you can't you know you can't possess anyone else there's no place like for the dead to be in the living yeah be gone okay yeah they and, lured them off yeah and then that's the end basically oh okay then and the dibbick's gone pieced out pieced through out. the big toe right between the big toe and the toenail big toe. right yeah he, <laughs> so, he said bye and he's gone forever and he can't come back into anybody else right okay so cool. yeah so that was an account by a rabbi in the 1500s so like i said could change long ass time ago long long time ago so very traditional way of doing it i mean could have changed um but I thought that was pretty interesting to note because there are a lot of differences between the exorcism of a Dybbuk and the exorcism of, ex- like, Catholic exorcism of a demon that we're familiar with. Yeah. Because, you know, the ten men, the shrouds, you know, the being in a synagogue. So there's lots of different things. Yeah. So I'm also not familiar with step-by-step what it, how an exorcism works either, though, a Catholic exorcism. No, I don't know either. I so get the general be, gist and, like... Could be similar, honestly. I may be just I've watched, like, exorcism movies. Right. So I might as well be a professional. <laughs> <laughs> I know there's, like, Bibles and holy water and, like, a lot of yelling involved. And Latin. Yeah, Latin, I was about to say. Yeah. So I'm assuming, I don't know, they're talking in Hebrew? I don't know. Anyways. I would assume. Yeah. Um... Also, there's kind of, like, a criteria for a Dybbuk. Um, Both the Dybbuk and the victim need to remain conscious and, like, coexist together in the same body. Okay. So, like, the person who's being possessed, they know it. Uh Uh-huh. So, like, they're there the whole time, and the Dybbuk is there the whole time. And That's kind of how it is for, like... But a lot of, like, exorcism accounts that... Or possession... A lot of possession accounts that we have, um, that we know about sometimes like the actual human will check out and like lose days Mm, yeah but they like overall i think have a good idea that they you think so well like that's what i've read in some or like heard of really Mm -hmm. i feel like i've heard that they like i mean they know obviously that something's wrong but they don't like every day or they don't know that they're possessed like i know that they're possessed they know that they're possessed generally yes do they know everything that's going on while it's happening absolutely not no yeah (laughs) and this i think that they know everything as it's happening most of the time okay yeah um 
But the victim is typically, obviously, just Honestly, a dimmick sounds a little less sinister. Yeah, I mean, it's But still... also, it could be the, like, dramatization of it. Right. Because for us, it's so dramatized. Like, so everything is dramatized. Like, the fucking exorcist. Like, right. you know, right. like, all of these movies we've seen, all of this media that we've consumed about it. Mm-hmm. It's all really aggressive and drama. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and we've never seen any content for... Like a Jewish dipic. Right. We've like never, exorcism movie. Yeah, we've never seen like with you know, a rabbi exercising a dipic. Yeah, exactly. So it might be like equally as mm-hmm. vicious. Right. Yeah. And either so, way it's bad. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to understand the level to which it's bad. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm I'm gonna get into there's there's a lot of correlations. I mean it runs pretty perpendicular like with how the person actually acts. Okay. Um so they're yeah, obviously distressed. Um, the victim is more than likely to be a female rather than a male. So typically, it's a female being possessed by a male dibic. Um, And I'll get into it, but there's actually like a lot of like sexual things oh. with it. Yeah, like the man. Like a little succubus action. A little bit, but like instead of just like hit, hitting him up nightly, like they like inside of him. <laughs> but like they're like i want to be inside of you literally literally inside of your body <laughs> like i want to control what you were doing that's so so, weird. so yeah it's a little weird because they're i mean and i think that's the same for like you know like catholic ex- uh, catholic possessions and things like that but i i saw an overarching trend more that this was like more sexualized than average yeah because it was typically a female being possessed and it's typically a young female being possessed by male Mm, okay yeah um there's like i don't know there's special different special means that you can you know expel the dibic so that's another qualification so you can exercise them or you can you know say your prayers if it's just minor you know go to the synagogue and all of that yeah um the quality of the victim's voice can change so it can become like really deep or really high pitched or like totally different than theirs mm-hmm. um and it may also not be accompanied this is creepy a speech may also not be accompanied by movement of lips or tongue it's just talking from them like a like a yeah. record box mm-hmm. like they're they're just sitting there but they're talking so that's creepy apparently there's accounts of that um that reminds me of um lilo and stitch when oh, lilo yeah. puts stitch's little fingernail on the record player uh-huh. to go and mm-hmm. then opens stitch's mouth and it's like playing elvis presley mm-hmm. i know that's the exact that's mental image i just got see because i like saw them like sinisterly looking at people with their mouth closed like they're just talking it's like a ventriloquist yeah okay anyways go ahead um and sometimes it's the last one the last like criteria um a bulge somewhere on the victim's body that like moves around oh okay so like apparently there's been reports you can like physically see it and that's the dipic yeah is that what slithers on down to the big toe (laughs) yeah to make it Yeah, I wonder if that's, like, what, that is what kind of started that belief, is, you know, you can actually physically see it, and so it needs to move down. And then it goes on down to the big toe, and then you just see it go out. And that's how you know I wonder if you can actually see it, or if it's just, like, gas, like, you just give it a little push, and it, like... Right, I don't know, but apparently... (laughs) It'd be interesting to see if that's still something that happens anyway. 
Yeah, so I mean, that's also a point that's very different than what we're familiar with. Oh, yeah. Right, so... Well, it's different, but it has similarities. Yeah. A, a lot, lot of, of sim- similarities. Yeah, a lot of similarities. 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 <laughs> Munder. <laughs> Munder. <laughs> okay, so, of course, today we talk about, like, mental health and not possession by demics or demons or anything like that. But back then, possession was a common way of explaining behaviors that obviously couldn't be understood. Um, too common, in my opinion. Same with witches. And, you know, we just covered asylums. Um, same issue. So a lot of these people that were obviously, quote-unquote, dibics were not. They just had mental health issues. Mm-hmm. Um, so between the 16th and 18th century, the belief that dibicum became... Um, that dibicum exists became very well known and accepted by large groups of the Jewish population. Um, and unfortunately, like I just said, um, it was often an undiagnosed mental health issue um, and just a way to explain things away. Jewish women really got the blunt of it, unfortunately. Uh, like I said earlier, it was typically the women who were possessed. So um, they were often accused of being witches, similar to like the Christian issues that we had around the same time. Um, and between the 16th and 18th centuries, the fear of Dybbuk was like at its peak. And the church burned to death between 300,000 and 1 million <laughs> men and women condemned of witchcraft being. and being possessed by Dybbukum. That's wild. That's a lot of fucking people. Yeah, isn't that crazy? And like I said, I don't know the numbers on like how many the Christian church also condemned at that same time it was sad because you know a lot of those people just had mental illness right and they were just burned because they were acting weird yeah yeah and i mean damn the, that's fucking wild right isn't that a, that's a ton of people um and obviously that's a huge gap three hundred thousand to one million i mean that's hundreds of thousands of maybe or may not have you know yeah obviously they weren't recording down every fucking name but you know well, yeah there are folklore accounts that they came they but it's just like with asylums. We had numbers, but we were like, nah, I'm sure it's more than that. Because I'm sure a lot of it was unreported. Right. Same with this. It was probably unreported. Right. I mean, this was the 1500s. Like, come on. You know. They didn't exactly 15, 16, have their shit together. 17, yeah. They couldn't whip out their iPhone. <laughs> Put it in Go the in their notes. Yeah. They were like, okay, that's one more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, what's your full name? You know. <laughs> Social <saying>. security number. <laughs> <laughs> so Moses, uh, I apologize, Cordovero was, um, you know, a huge figurehead at this time in the Jewish community. He was really involved with the development of Kabbalah um, and things like that. So, I mean, the most influential... What's Kabbalah? Do you know? I don't know exactly. I'm familiar with the term, but I wouldn't feel feel comfortable, like, explaining what it is because I'm not honestly sure. Okay. But he... It's something very important in Judaism, but I just don't know exactly... All right. Um, but so, I mean, thought leaders of the time, you know, thought that, you know, it was females being bad. I mean, he said that uh, he wants to find Dybbuk as an evil pregnancy. Um, uh, here we go again with yeah. the women being hysterical. Yeah. And that's so, the reason why the world's fucked up. Right. So there was hysteria because, <laughs> I mean, he's a huge thought leader, you know, super involved in, you know, the Jewish community. And he said that. So... It's so stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, it was often said that since Dybbuk's were typically men, that they entered... Okay, so I'm going to get into... Yeah, they entered women in a sexual sense. Um, 
So a lot of young so people. So even in the afterlife, men out here really can't keep their hands off women. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's so fucked up. And it was an excuse at the time like, for a lot of young people to like act all horny, basically, because it'd be Ew. like, oh, it's a dibic. <laughs> There's like a lot of accounts of like teenage, I could not imagine teenagers just like being raunchy. Scapegoating my horniness on a dimmick. I'm possessed. <laughs> Don't mind me. Just going to be possessed this weekend. I'll be right. back on Monday though. Right. I'll be back. It's no big deal. So yeah, because, and I'll get into it, but a lot of the dibbic accounts were like personal accounts. Um, you know, like, and you know, most of them were like dead relatives or something like that. But there are a lot of accounts of like you know boyfriend girlfriend situations like i don't know but I'll, I'll get into it um anyway so most recently there have been a couple of things that brought dibix kind of back into the forefront of people people's mind because once the 1700s passed it was like it, it wasn't a thing um yeah, it so, was like a craze right right yeah. just like the witch trials for us so um, in 1938, a Polish-Yiddish film called The Dybbuk, apparently it was, like, really impactful in the community, and it was really, like, eye-opening, and it was something totally different for 1938, you know? Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, it came out, and it reminded the new generations of the Jewish community, and as well as the world, because it became, like, I'm pretty sure, like, globally popular, um, about kind of a huge part of history that was just sort of, like written off and not mentioned um so that happened in 1938 and then of course you may or may not know about zach bagan's dibbic box which christina will get into so those are the two things that have kind of brought the concept of a dibbic back yeah because like honestly we wouldn't have googled a dibbic if it weren't for the dibbic box right the first time i ever heard of dibbic box was on dib of the dibbic box <laughs> the dibbic box <laughs> <laughs> was on <laughs> was on an episode of ghost adventures so yeah. um yeah so that kind of leads into like the more sinister part the possessions throughout like history um they often began with a sudden fall and convulsions and then aches and then constant crying um Sometimes the symptoms were behavioral, like the person refusing to participate in congregation, re- rebelling against the community standards, and like not being able to go to the synagogue and things like that. Um, sometimes they would just say like really unsettling things and like speak in strange voices and um, kind of demonstrated like knowledge that they shouldn't have, especially, you know, like a fourteen year old girl who like has never left her community, you know, like yeah. knowing about like faraway events or like sins of prominent people in the community, which is like a whole mm-hmm. other conspiracy theory. Yeah. You know, because it would always be like, oh, you know, this important rich person did this and this, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Um and, you know, they would like speak in tongues and stuff. So um almost all of the time the victims were young women there's only a few cases of people over 35 um okay they're like recorded obviously yeah so um the dibic possessions were pretty much personal from what i found like i've said like example a woman's husband ex-wife like possess possesses the new wife to like <laughs> go back to the husband okay and like fuck <laughs> yeah you know what i'm saying uh-huh. um just like things like that there you know there was, was one it like like f- centered around fucking <laughs> <laughs> no okay because i'm gonna it's read coming off as <laughs> well, i'm gonna read an account from this um like research book 
from this guy who had a PhD. Um, and the one I'm going to read is about her mother possessing her. So it's not all sexual, but okay. But there so are maybe a lot some of, of it is a little sweeter, or well, not. <laughs> <laughs> you know, not. like could be. Well, you said a mother and a daughter. Well, yeah, but the mother is like not that nice. But we'll get oh, into. Oh, okay. It. She's possessing her to be a bitch. To be a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so dimmicks for the most part are bitches. I mean, essentially, like bitches are right. Like I mean, assholes. Right, like because this ex, this I mean this this new wife of course did not ask the ex-wife to possess her she's like excuse me that's my man like you had your time with him well what's and if that, she's girl? like awares she knows what's right? going on uh-huh so whenever they're having the sex they're both just having the sex <laughs> she had to go to the rabbi and be like listen i need an exorcism that's fucking because my ex-wife or because my husband's ex-wife crazy these are a little comical i know well, I'm, like, and I'm I, sure they've got more serious grounds yes. to stand on. However, <laughs> it's just the way I think about it is comical. But mm-hmm. I also think dark shit is really funny. So, I know. Like, <laughs> Sometimes you laugh. I'm like, I'm like, did did you just laugh? <laughs> <laughs> yes, the fuck I did. <laughs> so, yeah. it was and, funny. I, I mean, mean, would it be funny if it happened to me? No. no. But is it funny? <laughs> looking yes. looking at it from that point yeah yeah like, i'm sure there were a lot more sinister scary you know story scary stories scary. that <laughs> that happened um you know in throughout history but i just am seeing a lot more and again that may be pop culture yeah um making the like catholic exorcisms with the priests and all of that more intense and sinister than they were i mean I'm sure it's all dramatized to a degree. Right. And so, because a lot of this I obviously didn't get from pop culture um, information that I got. So, anyway, I'm just going to read a quick account from Eli Sommer. Um, he has a PhD and he's director of is- the Israel Institute of Treatment and Preven- Prevention of Stress. And he's a senior lecturer at the School of Social Work at the University of um, Haifa, Israel. Sorry, guys, if that's wrong. <laughs> I even looked up how to pronounce that earlier. Forgot. Okay, so this is a case. It's case two in his book, Woman Possessed by Her Dead Mother's Dybbuk. Maya was a 61-year-old female who had immigrated to Israel from Egypt in the mid-1950s. She was divorced. She was a divorced mother of two and had three grandchildren. The patient was her parents' only child and had been sadistically abused by her mother in childhood, mostly by arbitrarily and unusually harsh punishments. On one occasion, Maya, then a child, had noticed creases in the blouse she was wearing. She asked her mother to iron the blouse for her and was subsequently burned with a hot iron as her mother ironed the blouse while it was still on her body. Maya married in her mid-twenties and immigrated to Europe with her husband. She led a socially isolated but functional life and raised two psychologically healthy daughters. I love how he mentioned that her daughters were psychologically healthy. (laughs) They were like, um, they weren't pregnant, so I guess they were okay. Yeah, they were doing fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> they weren't she, on their periods either, if you must right. know. I think he was trying to say, like, it wasn't a mental health problem because yeah, it wasn't yeah. passed down. But also, you can't, like, you can't just assume since her daughters were fine that it wasn't a mental health problem. But Yeah. Um, she never saw her mother again and felt mildly guilty about it. Two years before I saw Meyer, her widowed mother died. 
Maya attended the funeral and flew back home immediately after it. A few days following the Shiva, seven days of Jewish ritual mourning, she became aware of a voice speaking in her head. She recognized it as that of her mother, who proceeded to inform Maya that she had been reincarnated into her body and that Maya had to die because the mother was to live on within her. The mother's dibbuk imposed a variety of sanctions on the resisting daughter who refused to give up either her body or her life. Maya sought the help of both rabbi and a psychic in Israel. The later, or the latter, who eventually made the referral to the therapist, attempted to exercise um, the transmigrated mother's soul. She used special incantations and burned special pieces of blue linen on which sacred formula were inscribed. <laughs> Maya was also fumigated with evil spirit repellent, um, and incense to choke the evil mother's soul away after it had not responded to the milder methods, including active coaxing. At the end of the exorcist ritual, Maya was ceremoniously notified that her mother's transmigrated soul had left the body, only to discover minutes later that the mocking voice of the possessing agent lingered on. The psychic healer insisted that the exorcism had been successful and that because of an unknown psychological uh, malady, the spirit's voice continued to come into Maya's mind and so proceeded to refer the patient to me, which is the guy who's the Eli Sommer who I'm reading this. The patient was told that I would be able to expel the spirit's remaining voice from her head. So at this point, um, the psychic just said, like, you just needed to let expel the voice. The possession worked. I'm great at this. Like, her, your mom's not still inside of you. Like, you're just imagining the voice. So I'm going to get Eli Sommer out here and, like, you'll be fine. And who is Eli Sommer again? The author of this book that I'm reading this from. He's right. he's a is PhD. He, he works at the university. I gave his credentials, but it's a, I don't remember oh. his whole title. Okay. okay <laughs> it was okay. a whole thing. Well, I just, like, is he a professional? Like, yeah. is he a rabbi or? I, he must be. Okay. Because if he's performing, like, a yeah an exorcism or, right. like, not an exorcism. But he had, there are other cases in this book. They were just a lot longer, so I didn't want to read them all. But he has done, like, exorcisms and stuff like that. But Okay. In this so he must case, be a rabbi. Yeah, and in this case, this um, psychic was like, I did it, and it's and it worked, and, like, you just need to get, you're just imagining her voice, so you just need to get Eli out here, and he'll take care of it, and you're fine. Jesus. So, um, the patient was told that I would be able to expel the spirit's remaining voice from her head. Synopsis was, oh, hip, sorry. Hypnosis was not necessary to contact the mother's voice, he put that in quotes, in consultation. The voice insisted that she, the mother, had never left and would not leave before Maya was dead or gave in completely. The patient was not willing to accept any psychological formulation of her predicament and um, terminated the consultation process while she realized that I could not conduct the voice-expelling ritual conducted by the psychic. So he obviously was like, no, you're still possessed by the <laughs> Dybbuk. I can't just get rid of her voice. We have to do another exorcism. And, and the lady was like, no. So basically, that's the end of the account. Like, she said no, goodbye. And the mother is like, I'm still here and I'm going to keep going until I kill her. Oh my god. And that's it. Did you, like, Google anything about her? No, I didn't. Um, But... To see if she actually died or... If she's still no, no, these, this was a recent this was like in the 2000s oh really yeah, yeah i wonder if she's dead or like still kicking or what i don't know or like if she went to another maybe she went somewhere else i don't know and got a little exorcism or something well no the psychic had convinced her 
that she was that, free of yeah the psychic of her mother. the psychic was like i did the exorcism and it's done and um like poor girl you're just imagining your mother's voice so like you just need to have a voice explanation like ex- like get it expelled and you'll be fine but then eli was like no nah, girl you're so possessed and she was like no i'm fine so it literally ends with the voice of her mother being like i will continue until i kill her damn that's fucking crazy mm-hmm. so not so loving like we had said <laughs> her mother crazy well in my brain i thought it was like sweet like oh no <laughs> like when you first said it no. that was my more naive side coming out anyways yeah <laughs> so that's it that's it that's all i have so that's debix i mean it goes back you know like far back into history well it makes sense considering what the debix box is yeah it's so, pretty old you want to get into it the Dybbuk box. It is a wine cabinet that has claimed to be haunted by a Dybbuk, which you had just did a whole lovely backstory on, which um, the website that I got all this information off of said it was a dislocated soul of a dead person. And it was a concept from Jewish mythology is what it says. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's kind of like folklore. Yeah. So pretty accurate with what you said. Mm-hmm. So there's only one Dybbuk box. I was out here thinking there was multiple Dybbuk boxes and that this was like a whole thing whenever we first talked about it, which is mm-hmm. like, we should do Dybbuk boxes because that was my initial thought. Not the case. There's just one. <laughs> yeah. There's just one story and in it was made up by a guy. Yeah. A guy wrote this story to sell this box on eBay. <laughs> yeah. That's a, essentially like the whole premise. If you've heard about Dybbuk boxes before, you know the story, but I'm going to go into it again because... This is a podcast about Dybbuk boxes. <laughs> so, uh, in 2003, in Portland, Oregon, a writer named Kevin Manis bought the box from a yard sale, and he created this fictional paranormal story about it and posted it on eBay for sale. So, basically, just to get traction, he was like, you know, I could read the whole story, but I won't. <laughs> um, you can just go. It's a pretty long, like, story, and it has accounts on it. We'll link the eBay, like mm-hmm. the old eBay posting, mm-hmm. and you can go read what he wrote. All you literally have to do is type in Dybbuk boxes on Google, and it'll be like the first thing. You can imagine the difficulties I had doing my research <laughs> on just Dybbuk's because it was like, that big and... And the Dybbuk box. Right. Well, yeah. like, they have a whole store or a whole website called DybbukBoxes.com or something. Mm-hmm. And so um, on that website, you can go see his old eBay post, That's which has cool. the whole story. Yeah, we'll put it in. Um, so the story was that the box previously on, um, like a short version of the story is what I'm going to kind of go into a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, the box was previously owned by a survivor of the Holocaust in Poland who said it contained the malicious spirit of a Dybbuk and that the box had paranormal powers and was responsible for his bad luck and nightmares. Yeah. So that's what started in 2003. Yeah. So after Manis sold it, (laughs) everyone was like, oh my god i got this box and you won't believe the craziest shit just happened to me <laughs> and probably. manis is over here like giggling he's yeah. like <laughs> probably like everything like slightly minor that happened to these people were like it's the dybbuk box oh yeah you know but see well i'll get into like yeah at the end what i kind of think about the dybbuk box yeah um so I have some thoughts too so one over owner of the Dybbuk box was named Jason Haxton, and he launched a website to log all the claims that the Dybbuk's box has called. Um, so that's the website that I'm referring to that you can go, like, literally when you go on Google, it'll pop up. Mm-hmm. You can go see the eBay posting and all this other shit. Um, so in 2004, he sold the rights of the box, 
in the story since he bought the box in the story from kevin mm-hmm. um he sold haxton sold it to a hollywood production company and it became the film called the possession released in 2014 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which that movie is literally about a young girl buys an antique box at a yard sale unaware that inside the collectible lives a malicious ancient spirit the girl's father teams up with his ex-wife to find a way to end the curse upon their child it's just oh so my fucking, like that just fucking description like a uh, in combination if you know everything about the dipic at this mm-hmm. point like it's just fucking funny no it is and like <laughs> i don't know it, it I don't know. I think that there are, like, Jewish representations in that movie, right? I think there's a rabbi and stuff. Is there? There might be, but, but I didn't I see anything about like, it. Yeah, so I don't feel like they did a good idea or a good job of <laughs> representing the fact that this is, like, part of Jewish mythology and, like, history at all. Oh, yeah. In that movie. Well, like, Kevin's whole thing with <laughs> a survivor of the Holocaust. <gasps> Wait, he said that? Yeah, like, the story was... That it was previously owned by a survivor of the Holocaust in Poland who said it had a malicious spirit. Oh. Which I don't know why he had to add the whole Holocaust thing to it. You don't need to do that. You could just say a Jewish guy in Poland. In Poland. Like, why did you have to add a Holocaust survivor? Like, (laughs) yeah, I he would have been canceled. This was 2003. It was a different... A different space. We were a different accepting lens. way more stuff at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, anyways, um, then the box was given by, um, Jason or no, I guess Hollywood, bought the box, from Jason Haxton or Jason Haxton might have still had the box. I don't remember. I didn't I feel write like, it for sure, but I feel like Zach. I thought Zach Bagan bought it from the guy. He didn't buy it. It was given to him. It was given to him. Yeah okay he just got it for free 99 because he had this haunted museum and i think it was jason haxton the one who sold it also to the hollywood production company like the rights of the dybbuk box and all that shit right he just gave it to zach bagans for his haunted museum he was like listen this is fake so just take it you'll make money <laughs> he was off. Like, he, i bet the deal was he was like if you'll give me a percentage of the profits maybe i don't know of people going into that room well he still gets it. like i think Nah, he doesn't, because he sold, like, the whole Sold the rights to it. Um, I bet they cut a deal of some kind. Maybe. I don't know. He just gave it to him. Zach Bagans has it now. Yeah. Which is, like, the whole thing that prompted this whole thing, because I saw TikTok. (laughs) (laughs) I saw TikTok about Post Malone and Zach Bagans. I know, and you guys tell us if you've ever heard of it before. Because I had heard of it, but Christina had never heard of it. Yeah, I hadn't heard of it. And then Haley had heard of it. Yeah. Um, But she was like, oh, my God, Divic boxes are fucking insane, dude. And I was like oh really then i should like we should do that on the podcast and then mm-hmm. <laughs> she'll hate that i'm roasting her but then i look at i look it up and like me and nikki are looking it up and i'm like dude there's like hardly anything on dybbuk boxes and, and that's why i decided to do the history because i was like i feel like dybbuk boxes are largely misrepresenting what a dybbuk is and also i couldn't well, yeah. i couldn't find another dybbuk box because there's just well, essentially one. it's like a haunted box like a, or yeah. a possessed box which right. does have like some kind of truth that aligns with what a mm-hmm. dybbuk is mm-hmm. but you know this is just a box right and so and it was like an old wine cabinet at that you know it was yeah. and, and he like etched all the spooky little things into the Hebrew it Hebrew letters and all of yeah, that yeah like he and, made it like this whole production and he like sell like there's like a bundle of hair or, like some yeah shit in there. like it's it's a whole thing yeah so ahead. anyways it's in zach bagan's museum yeah um 
I don't know. If I was Zach Bagans and I knew all this about the Dybbuk box, mm-hmm. I might be a little apprehensive about putting it up, but... But listen, I mean, honestly, some shit happens, so, like... It does, and, I mean, like, I did not know until, obviously, you're gonna... Who's, what is the percentage of people who's gonna do uh, research enough to do a podcast on what a Dybbuk is? Yeah. So, most of the people up until this point, I was like, that shit's scary, just like Haley. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. I was like, when I go to the Haunted Museum, I really don't know if I want to go into that room. Like, I'm really so scared. <laughs> You well, know. I mean, honestly, there's some, like... It's pretty fucked. Here, I'll get into the story with Zach Bagans and yeah. Post Malone. Yeah. So, in June 22nd, 2018, um, Post Malone visits Zach Museum, and they both hear a little girl's voice coming from the room with the box. So, Zach then, like, gets an overwhelming urge. You know, Zach Bagans <laughs> is the most dramatic bitch I've ever seen in my whole life. <laughs> to take... To open the glass case over the box and touch it. Yeah, it was like he... Something took... He says, like, something took him over yeah he had to open it post is like bro what you doing he's like holding a glass of whiskey he was he's like, like i never believed in ghosts until i came face, face to face with, with one, one. <laughs> okay. okay that's enough of that <laughs> okay so anyways post is like yo bro okay so zach takes off the glass case mm-hmm. and he touches the box and as zach touches the box post malone touches zach's shoulder Mm -hmm. so um zach immediately starts crying and screaming of course and the two ran out of the room immediately because like zach just felt like he got really scared like something had like and you guys rushed over him or Mm -hmm. something like that and like post was obviously feeding off of maybe zach's energy or maybe he felt the same thing right well i mean they are surrounded by some truly haunted shit in that place i would not want to be there just oh, me yeah. and my friends at night absolutely not and and you guys also to know we'll link it and we can put it like on socials the the footage but there there was security footage of this oh yeah yeah okay so, we'll so link it. um they ran out of the room and they blacked out for the rest of the evening oh i didn't know that part. neither one of them knew anything that had happened for the rest of that night hmm. but uh zach reviewed like his health app uh data on his apple watch mm-hmm. to like he was like what the fuck happened so he looks at that i'm sure living in vegas zach Bagans has been drunk a time or two right yeah and so he's like oh to like retrace my steps i'll just look at my apple watch data <laughs> i never would have thought <laughs> no like that's like 100 iq or 100 iq 100 <laughs> He is so smart. <laughs> That's like 3,000 IQ. Yeah, whatever it Okay, is. anyways. So he checks his Apple Watch. So he checks his Apple Watch app. And he finds out that his Apple Watch app. <laughs> okay, anyways. Okay, start over. I'm going to so start over. He checks his okay. Apple Watch. He checks his Apple Watch app. <laughs> <laughs> he checks his apple watch okay and he finds that they had climbed the stairs to that room over 80 times that night you're shitting no (laughs) that's what he found that they had like climbed Climbed up and down stairs yeah whoa or like climbed up and then climbed down but maybe not 80 times but maybe like i don't know how does that work i think i think your apple watch just tells you like you've climbed 85 the stairs yeah so it's like he was climbing stairs 80 times and like sometimes it counts you climbing a stair even though you're just like maybe running 
He may have just been running around. Yeah. Like, just running around as me. But he, they were visiting that room often. Yeah, see, so that that part makes me curious because I do vaguely remember that. So they have the footage of him taking the glass off and him touching it and post touching his shoulder, but they don't have the footage of them revisiting the room. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting and Something like you to know keep in mind. <laughs> I mean it could be full of shit, but honestly, it's what but, I found. But so. devil's advocate, they could have honestly like not been going up to that room. They could have just been like fucking running around like crazy people. Yeah, that's but very true. They but they both blacked out, the so they they don't remember what happened. No telling. Um, they could have just been running the streets of Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so the next morning, Post Malone had a massive bruise. Yeah. I think on his leg or something, or on his arm. Um, so he was like, what the fuck? Okay. And then the plane he was on the next morning. Okay. I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. <clears throat> it was, he, um, had to make an emergency la- landing because his landing gear, gear tires blew out on his plane. His private plane? Mm-hmm. Or, I don't know, it was probably, a plane? Okay, he's probably on. private, but... <laughs> Those scare me. Like, I don't know. I could have a lot of money and still not do a private jet because that's where all the accidents happen. Yeah. It's spooky. Yeah. Maybe if I was just going somewhere small. <laughs> okay. Proceed. I'm sorry. Um, So, they had to make an emergency landing. That was all within, like, 24 hours. And then a couple of weeks later, his car was totaled because he got sideswiped by a Kia. And he, like, drives a Rolls Royce, of course. So... Mm-hmm. His Rolls Royce being totaled was like, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyways, he was fine after the car accident and after the plane almost accident, though. Yeah. Um, and then a couple worse. of weeks later, his home was broken into and he was like held at gunpoint while they robbed his belongings. Damn. And that all happened within a month. Yeah, of the Dybbuk box situation. Of the Dybbuk box happening. Right. So... <clears throat> It's kind of insane. <laughs> um, so I was thinking, maybe it's not a Dybbuk. Obviously, maybe it is a Dybbuk spirit. Could but be. I think it's more playing on uh, manifestation. Like yeah. how we're able to manifest things. Mm-hmm. Like bad and spooky things to happen mm-hmm. if we already have this preconceived notion of something. Right, because isn't that how Zach Bagans kind of framed it? Like, you're not supposed to touch it. You're supposed to respect it. Otherwise, it could, like, latch onto you. Yeah, like, that's the whole thing with the Dybbuk box is you can't touch it. Right. And that's been, like, repeated and repeated and repeated. And that's, like, groupthink. Like, there are hundreds of thousands of people who think that. Right, and, like, people... And people have the power for manifesting things to happen. Mm-hmm. Like, and there's I believe a, that anyway. Yeah, me too. And there's been a lot of people to, like, pass out in that room and everything, and it's, like... And, like, whenever the guy first sold the box, and then there was all these people with, like, stories afterwards, like, paranormal stories. Right. Like, bad luck and nightmares that were happening after they got the box. Right. Was that from the box or was that from them manifesting it? You know? Yeah, it could have been. And like I said, it's like, okay, now every bad thing that happened to you, it happened because of the Dybbuk box. You know? Yeah, it's like that thing like where you own like a white car. Right. And then you start to notice how many other white cars there are when you're driving. Mm-hmm. Because you're like, oh, that car looks like my car. Exactly. Or like your same type of car. Right. Yeah, and and it's kind of weird to me because if it is a Dybbuk box, which means the Dybbuk is inside of the box, you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Then if you touch it, 
The Dybbuk can't therefore follow you and cause bad luck because it is trapped in a box. It's a whole concept of a Dybbuk box. Yeah. So it's kind of like that also is, you know, and obviously like the history of Dybbuks and Dybbukum are not, it doesn't support Dybbuk boxes, but. And I mean, this box, obviously it was sold on eBay, (laughs) like the initial aspect of it. And there was probably nothing wrong with the box. Well, the guy who like, he came out and said like, yeah, there's nothing fucking wrong with the box. Like I made that whole shit up. Did like, he make the box or did he find the like is the box he truly bought, ancient? He bought the box from a yard sale. He did do that. So it is still old. It's an older box, but I don't think it was like super old at the time that he bought it either. But right. he etched all the little things into it and made it spooky and made the story and all of that. But um going on eBay. Yeah. Is that somebody could have done something potentially harmful to this box to attach something to it. Right, I mean, because it, it been... traveled, it had, it's now had this whole spooky life. It could have been involved, and now in... it's in this haunted museum. Oh yeah, with thousands of other haunted, spooky like, artifacts, truly haunted, and like, so like crazy shit. Those things could jump on and latch onto that. Right. Well, and because in that room, if you truly believe in the Dybbuk box, the amount of energy and like, you're scared, you're anxious, you're all of these things, these groups of people, whenever they're touring the museum, now, that's just, you know, putting energy into the museum that all of these definitely negative entities can feed off of. So if that room, because it's so hyped up and you have to sign a waiver to get in and et cetera, et cetera, if that room has all of that hype, then all of the bad spirits who are actually there from other items are going to hang out in that room. Yeah. Because it has all that energy. Well, and it has, like you know subsequent energy from like i said with the whole manifestation thing right like all these people holding on to this idea and then it's like further amplified being it there right and that's not to say like you said someone else could have done something to it yeah from you know ebay listing to now i mean it could have been cursed or because it like went around the block like a lot of multiple people would buy it and like re-put it up right and it was like this whole thing in the early 2000s yeah so you know i mean it's 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 crazy i think think there's definitely something to it but the original story is just bullshit and he said that yeah so it's like that's not us speculating that it's bullshit no it's like fact that it's bullshit he said that so and it's crazy and it's just this one dybbuk box which Mm -hmm. i think it's kind of a mandela effect because i always thought there was multiple dybbuk boxes me too and so like yeah and Haley did too like we all had this idea that there was so many of these dybbuk boxes maybe it was the way that it's framed in like the ghost adventures episodes where Zach Bagan's like, Dybbuk boxes or historical Jewish Yeah, beliefs. I think it's been like, you know, instead it's been of, repeated multiple times to where we're like, oh yeah, Dybbuk boxes. I think probably what has happened is Dybbuk's, like what I covered, has been replaced with the word Dybbuk boxes. So all of that history that I talked about, instead of it just being, you know, the soul of a person or a demon or, you know, something like that it's now been replaced with not just dybbuk's but dybbuk boxes so yeah. like so now there's like this history of dybbuk boxes you know from you know centuries and centuries ago and you know et cetera, et cetera. but in reality it's not the case yeah but i mean it's still noteworthy it's yeah. like nothing to be brushed under the rug yeah because obviously things have happened 
yeah. two people in the museum. There's lots of encounters. To Post Malone. To Post Malone. <laughs> to, I mean. Like, I mean, granted, I don't know. That just is a lot of, that's a big string of bad luck. Yeah. In but a month's time. also, he did visit Zach Bacon's Haunted Museum with, with what and, we said was a lot of other different shit. And you have to remember, at that same time, Post Malone was hanging out with Zach a lot. And he was also in one or two Ghost Adventures episodes around that same time. Yeah, so they were he had a lot of tr- energy around him. They were going to truly haunted places um, and dealing with, you know, some actual paranormal activity at these places. And then he's hanging out with Zach and then he's going to the museum in the middle of the night. And like, so, I mean, definitely things could have happened, whether it's to say it was the Dybbuk box or not, who knows. Um, but he had to, at that time, been surrounding himself with a lot of, you know, negative energy and not knowing how to take that and to protect himself and to make sure that these bad things don't happen to him i'm sure he was just like yeah fuck it like you know like let's have fun and well yeah but you know i don't know that's it yeah that's dybbuk boxes that's dybbuk's yeah we could go on about it you know but um (laughs) (laughs) you can believe what you want to believe when it comes down right down to it but um those are just kind of some of our thoughts on the history of behind it and i thought it's cool that we covered it because honestly Mm -hmm. i didn't know where this was going to end us up (laughs) no i think we both kind of have ended this in a very different place because you know you were like let's do dibby boxes and i was like hell yeah it's gonna be super spooky and now it's just like us debunking dibby boxes essentially yeah but talking about also talking about potential causes that could have like fed Mm -hmm. the dibby box maybe not the initial story not obviously not being real but you know right and um it's good it's good to know that because uh, there's also a huge you know historical aspect of it so i don't know i'm i'm glad that we did it but it was definitely not like the what we intended initially yeah it was different than what we had anticipated Mm-hmm. but i think next episode we're gonna do something really spooky yeah we're gonna try we're gonna i know we're gonna have a whole extra week yes of prep time so yes and and you know edit time and etc so yeah instead of one week to do all the things now we have like one week to research and then like it's basically like a week and a half yeah but um anyways Anyways. i hope you enjoyed listening yeah yeah um as always we have our reddit page that will be in the link tree in the description that's where all of our sources and all of that will be we have a facebook instagram and twitter um, Facebook and Instagram, Paranormal Unifora Podcast. Paranormal Unifora Pod. Podcast, yeah. Um, it'll come up. And then Twitter is Para Unifora Pod. Yeah, so go follow those if you want to, or if yeah. you don't, like, you know, fuck it. Yeah, biggest <laughs> thing, I guess, um, is word of mouth. Just tell your friends, your family about us. Um, yeah. And have a great rest of your week, and we'll yeah. see you next time. Yep. Yeah. bye.